Welcome to another episode of the Chad Pray the Show. Welcome to Studio 22 right here on Blaze TV. Glad you guys could tune back in with us. Got a special guest in here that I'm going to introduce in just a minute. But as always, I want to encourage everybody, come out and see me on the road. WatchChad.com, the newly revamped, I shall say, WatchChad.com. Got a brand new website, a lot of the same content, but it's much more user-friendly. You can get things like the podcast. You can get the Humor Me with Chad Prather show real quick. You can get all of my dates out on the road live and I want you to go get your tickets, come out and find me. We're having a blast all over this country. Over in the peanut gallery on his phone right now, trying to pretend like he's serious, is party I'm, foul Steve. I'm looking up stuff. I'm researching things. Are you researching? You're supposed to do that prior to the show, brother. Prior to the show. And then, of course, hot news. Natalie's sitting over there with her clipboard looking official. I did research. I'm excited. <laughs> we all so excited. NRA TV's Colin Noir is in the house right here in Studio 22. You're a hard man to get a hold of and to nail down. <laughs> pretty bad man. you know what my mother says my mother gets on to me and i'll tell you everybody else has heard this she says i love the podcast mm-hmm. she said but then y'all turn it into party time and i don't like that <laughs> and i'm like mom we're not doing anything bad yeah. we're not saying anything bad she's like yeah but y'all are having too much fun the, the funny thing is uh, as i've gotten older my relationship with my mother our conversations my filter has gotten exceedingly worse yeah so i start talking to her about stuff and she's like wait it's, 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 it's a, hold on a second <laughs> I don't want to hear that. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes now. So do you remember back when uh, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings were going on and somebody did that spoof video with uh, Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction? And it was the scene where they're in the apartment. And he's like, where's Brett? Are you Brett? And so he goes off and he comes back into Brett Kavanaugh Uh doing the deal. And it's Samuel L. Jackson being Samuel L. Jackson Mm -hmm. in Pulp. And so it was hilarious. And – I sent it to my mother, and she said, I got into 12 seconds of that. I couldn't watch it. And I was like, but it's it's funny. Have a margarita, Mom. It's funny. Did he drop some F-bombs on that? A couple of them, yeah. yeah. It's it was, kind of mandatory in anything he does. Just, <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't do it, it wasn't, it wasn't Samuel Jackson. It was a hologram. Yeah, even oh. when he disappeared at the end of the Avengers. I mean, that's what was coming out of his house. Oh, mother. <laughs> I want him to narrate my life. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want? You want Sam L. Jackson or you want um, Morgan Freeman? Uh, it's kind of com- it's a combination there. I wonder if we could combine those two. Let's Let me use tell Morgan you how Freeman's voice with those f bombs. Let me tell you how white Party Foul Steve is. We were at opening day for the Texas Rangers. Right, we're sitting up in the suite and they're playing the James Earl Jones clip from Field of Dreams. Right. And Party Foul looks over, he's sitting in his chair, he's drinking his wine, white wine, white wine, bougie. And he says, and he says, I want, I love Morgan Freeman's voice. (laughs) (laughs) You're so stupid, man. You're so stupid. What is that, like black voice envy? (laughs) You're the only one one that laughed at me, too. I was like, I looked around to see if anybody caught it. You caught it. Nobody else did. Dummy. But uh, sitting over here in the puppet gallery, got the puppet master, Mark, sitting there at the controls. Candice, queen of the Ethiopians, is not in the studio right now. She's over there doing real work. Of course, we got Bougie, Sean Foster sitting over there. Colin, my brother, you are putting yourself in danger. There are more ways than one. <laughs> I started to realize that as of late. I kind of just went into it blindly, and I'm kind of looking around like, does it freak you out, though, when you go, like, I saw you from a distance. I saw you at the Dallas at the NRA convention, mm-hmm. and you guys were at the NRA booth. And it was you and, and Kaya and, and Dana and a few others mm-hmm. that were there. And 
I mean, people are lined up. Does yeah. that encourage you, or is it humbling? I mean, just blow you away. A little bit of both. It, it does, on one on one level, it definitely satisfies whatever narcissistic tendencies yeah. I have. But then on the other spectrum, it's it's definitely humbling. Yeah, very humbling. Um, and it and it's reinvigorating also, um, because this, it can get a little. Doing what I do can get very daunting. It can get very dark. It can be very stressful. Um, and then going to things like the interannual meetings, like the one that's about to come up now. And then seeing the people on the ground who really like people who really genuinely, really support you. Yeah, that is it, it, it's. I can't even begin to express how energizing that is. Yeah, and so usually when I come back from those type of events, it's kind of like I'm a whole new man. All right, let's go. Let's hit it again. Yeah, um, and the ground running. Well, you become a voice for so many people who don't have one. Mm-hmm. And you've got that platform and you can say things that a lot of people can't say. And that's something I learned through social media years ago is that people people used to say, man, you say things I want to say and I can't say. And I say, well, why can't you say them? And they say, well, I might lose my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But when it comes down to it, you've been outspoken. Do you, Who you think – how does your hate mail compare to Dana's? Because she gets man, it. But Dana's a G, though. Yeah. So Dana, Dana just she, she brings it on. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> me, I me, I like I I'll go out, I kinda ignore it and then I'll go out and, and sit at a bar and start drinking and getting all my feelings and stuff. Yeah. And, and you're like, Don't talk to me like nah. But um <laughs> it it can get pretty bad. Yeah. And and there is something to be said about and the weird dynamic that I'm in is, you know, they tell you don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. Everyone's right. like, Don't read the comments, don't read the comments. I have to read the comments. Like I, I'm, I'm about as grassroots as it comes. Yeah. So you know, and I'm, I try to stay as connected to my audience as possible. So there is way more good than there is bad. Yeah. However, because I have to filter through the good, I have to come across the bad whenever I'm reading through comments and mail and things of that nature. So weird how we gravitate towards the negative, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call it. I call it the white, the the black dot on white paper theory. No, that's not a red. No, um, <laughs> I was ready. Steve, Steve has a reputation. <laughs> I was ready. Jeez, Lord have mercy. Oh. You know, you have you have a white piece of paper and it's black dot for some reason. You can't stop looking at the black, little tiny yeah. black dot that's on this massive void of white. Yeah, that was not a racial. Yeah, um, but. It, it it's it's very interesting from a psychological standpoint how we do really tend to focus on the negative, you know, um, like scores of great messages I'll get, and it's that one, and I'll and get on the phone I'm like, did you see this? Yeah, and I'm like, come on, dude, like, how about take that energy and put it towards the yeah. good comments that people are making. Over the years, I've given Tommy Laren a hard time about the comments, and she's mm-hmm. like, Chad, I don't read the comments, and I said, come on, you don't read the comments, you got to read. I like I give so. Like on Twitter, where I'm a little more gloves off on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I'm like you, I have a drink or two, and then I feel like I'm, I'm coming at yeah. you. Here, I, I got feeling. I think, I, think, I think you and I are kind of same yeah. in that. Like when we're we're on our, you know, our platforms. Yeah. You know, we're we're pretty, pretty we're pretty we're nice. Yeah. And then when we start drinking, it's kind of like, all right, you're gonna get the unfiltered version that you probably aren't gonna be able to handle. Exactly. But the but the fact that we have a platform and in doing so, we'll end up coming across as the bully. Yeah. So you kind of have to, you know, like measure that. And yeah. Sorry for my phone ringing. No, don't worry about the buzzing. They won't hear that. Studio 22, we're laid back. <laughs> Nora's butt's oh, vibrating. I'm sorry. <laughs> and when I say we don't mean all black people, but we Kenny. I thought it was I was. Let me tell you something. So I was in the Sacramento airport. This is a funny story. I was in the Sacramento airport, and this guy sits down next to me. I'm waiting on a flight. 
and uh, it's just me. Party foul wasn't with me on this. Thank God. And so I'm sitting there, and I'd order chicken wings and fries. And, well, they bring it out. If you've ever been to the Sacramento airport, like the bar is right in the middle of the airport, and the wings go off. And they bring this basket of fries, right? So the guy sits down next to me. He's a black guy. And he says, I want some wings. And I said, don't order fries. Just share my fries. I said, because they gave me so many. He's like, all right, man, I appreciate that. And so they're like, you want it? was very wanna... white of you. Yeah, it was very white of me. I'm, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I, I want my token fries. So I said, you need, some, you, need some, you need some white potatoes with your fried chicken, my man. And so I said, look. My man. Have some of my Idaho spuds. They're quite Irish in origin. Wow, that fried chicken looks very Kentucky. Um, it's not like a country Brit. So I'm sitting there, and this guy leans over the deal in the bar. Bartender comes up and he says, "Man, can I get you a drink?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, man, give me a, uh, give me a, uh, uh, I want a, uh, give me a, uh, uh, I'll take a, um, uh, um." This went on for like thirty seconds. Uh, I, I, I take a Hennessy. I was like, "Dude, I could order that for you thirty seconds ago. I knew when you sat down, you wanted a Hennessy. I knew. Are you kidding? That just tells you how good Hennessy's marketing. That's it's marketed that way." I've never seen right? Hennessy's marketing. What? Yeah, you know what that looks like. Have you ever watched a video? One. I'm going to walk out. Bougie's going to walk I'll out in protest. It. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> I love you. Out of everybody in here, I, love you. And I, I actually like I can't three. stand Hennessy. I'm I know. A, I'm it's a, like I'm a drinking syrup to yeah, me. I can't I, stand I, it. I can't. I like, I, I do say, but Hennessy oh, actually man. may or may not have pissed off a cocktail waitress at what may or may not have been a strip club um, in Houston. Well, she yeah, may or may pole, not have had her clothes on. in the middle. <laughs> I just thought she was like, it, you know, she did that to me. She was like, so she's like you know, you know, yeah. we had a little hookah, had a phone, and she's like, you want, so what do you want to drink? We had Hennessy. I was like, I don't. I don't <laughs> Some of that VO, baby. I, I don't want Hennessy. Yeah. And she kind of got mad at me. Really? Yeah. She was like, who doesn't like Hennessy? Yeah. I was like, me. I don't like it. I've never drank it, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a shocker. <laughs> I have had some mad dog. <laughs> there's a shocker. So. Oh, shut up, Steve. Lord have mercy. I like Boosh. How do we even get down this road? I love this show. I love this show, Boosh. Hashtag making a difference. <laughs> and Natalie sits over there. Natalie doesn't even drink. I don't drink. Oh, really. my God. Just, Bless your you heart. You think I need it? Yeah. I mean, for real. You know, that's a good. That's, that's, in the 30 seconds you've known me? Ever, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'll we have up on the table without it. So We have, and I've told like this story dancing. on the podcast. Cole, you, yes. you, you, you'll appreciate this. So uh, it's me and Sean and uh, Jason Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And we were in, what city were we in? Which story is this one? This was uh, the clap. Wichita we Falls. Wichita yeah. Falls. No. No, Salina, Kansas. Kansas. No, Salina, Kansas. Salina, Snow Kansas. on the ground. Salina, Kansas. Snow's on the ground. Party foul wanted to go back. He went to bed. And uh, he turned in. This was after one of my shows. And we're walking through the snow. We're trying to find a bar. We go in the back door of this bar because everybody said, yeah, that's where you need to go. And we come through. Well, Jason and Sean go into the bar. And I can hear the band playing. And uh, I go in the bathroom, which is in the hallway from the back door. And I can hear the band. I thought they were singing this song called She Took a Crap. She Took a Crap. And I go in there. Well, there's no bougie's gone. Jason's gone. They're all the way sitting at the back waiting for me at the door ready to leave. In the front. And they were like, this is not our place. And the song they were singing was, she's got the clap. She's got the clap, which is not much better. 
<laughs> I was like, no, this ain't our scene. So I tell that story just to say we have a lot of fun on the road. Wait, where was this again? This was Salina, Salina Kansas. Kansas. That of all places. That, that sounds about right, actually. Salina, Kansas. It was we crazy. We all walk in a place, heads turn, that's for sure. Yeah, it we, look, look like we, <laughs> we look like a weird band. We look like a weird band. We are a weird band. Bougie <laughs> with his white privilege, and Sean with his Guatemalan roots, his build-the-wall roots, and me with a cowboy hat on, and Steve with his hippie long hair. It's funny. But no, anyway, let's get back to this thing. So, hey, look, if people get – look, if you're not following Noir on uh, everything from YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the good stuff, you got to do it because your videos are top-notch. Thanks, it's sir. class, and it's intelligent, and I love it. And let me tell you something. You can't do what you do with the NRA as polarizing as this day and age is. You can't do what you do without having, like, Mendoza line, 200-level IQ, genius <laughs> – um, it, it really is because I'm intimidated by it. I mean, I'm intimidated. So I appreciate what you guys do. I really do. But I want to. I want to. We can go to that. But because people can find the videos, I want to talk about some other things you've yeah. been doing, which which are near and dear to me. Um, homelessness. Yeah. Homelessness. Because I know that's been a big thing in recent days for you. You've been out. You've been on the streets. You've been asking questions. How did you get into that topic? Why does it matter? And what have you found out from your from your travels. So we got into that topic when we were concepting um, the next season of our sh- of my show, Noir, mm-hmm. which is on NRA TV. And, and part of that discussion was this notion that, you know, we talk about the gun issue from the standpoint of there are, there are deeper, bigger issues that if we address those, that would, that would de- pretty much take care of a lot of the issues that we have in this country. Yeah. We should take the energy that we spend on talking about gun control and focus that energy on bigger issues, mm-hmm. right? Like improving people's value of life, so to speak. And so what we thought was, well, if you look at all of these so these stereotypical liberal cities yeah. um, that we have in this country, you know, they tend to be gun control walking examples of what hardcore gun control is like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we also noticed that there was a, consistency in the value of life that a lot of people were living in these cities as well that wasn't so great and that there were other itch there were other issues going on in these cities that aren't being addressed that aren't being taken care of Mm -hmm. and it's like why are we even talking about gun control right especially from a statistical standpoint like it's like on a a national level you know 65 67 percent of the gun deaths in this country are suicides right and then the remaining that are legitimate full-blown homicides are taking place in very specific areas of big cities, Mm -hmm. i.e. our inner cities in this country. And so it's kind of like, well, if we address suicide issues, a whole nother matter. That's a a thing that really has nothing to do with gun control. Because if it did, other countries like the UK um, would have a much lower suicide rate than us, but they don't. Right, and they don't—they're barely allowed to own guns. Yeah, so that definitely that's an interesting point. Hang on, hang talking over that because that's that's an interesting point. That's something I've never have really thought about because you're right. The suicide rates—you got mm-hmm. the same deal. Yeah, and in, in some places, like it's, it's almost double, like in Japan. Yeah, yep. where they're definitely not allowed to own guns. Yeah, and yet they have double the suicide rate as us, and then our <clears> leading <throat> cause of gun deaths in this country is by way of suicide. Yeah. So and 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 interesting and then it's like you can only really kind of hash that out in conversations like this because it's it's a bit complex if you really mm-hmm. think about it, um, but you know we were sitting there thinking well well why don't we put foot to pavement then why don't we say okay well, we're always saying there are bigger issues why don't we go then expose those bigger issues 
and talk about those bigger issues. And then maybe people will start to realize how big these issues are. And then we'll start focusing our energy and attention there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the, uh, the idea of, of firearm responsibility, for instance, right? Because I want to say maybe, well, I want to say it's about 5 to 10%, so to speak, of people uh, are, die as a result of accidental gun deaths. Mm-hmm. And I've always said if we spent more energy teaching people how to own firearms responsibly, we cut that number in half. Right. Like that. And so as a result, we said, all right, well, let's start picking the cities that are the most anti-gun and then take a look and see what other issues they have that are much bigger than their so-called gun issue. And that's what we did. Yeah. And, you know, we started out in places like, for instance, Chicago, right? Um, Chicago was the poster <clears throat> child for anything dealing with gun deaths and gun violence, mm-hmm. so to speak. But then also the poster child for gun control laws. And so it begs the question, it's like, well, how, how does that dichotomy exist when, you know, in one breath, the gun control laws are supposed to stop the violence, but then you still have this insurmountable level of violence that's going on in a very small area of the city. And so I've always said it. I was like, well, that's because it's a socioeconomic issue. It's not right. a gun issue, right? I was like, middle America has more guns than food, but yet you don't see the same level of violence. So there's got to be something deeper. There's got to be something bigger there. It's right. causing the violence. If you deal with that, the guns become no, becomes a, a non-starter at that point. And so that's how we kind of started getting into that. And so what happened is as we started going into these cities, um, I started to kind of do some research about these cities. We started realizing, holy crap, there's huge, like with, with Chicago, there's a socioeconomic political corruption problem. Um, and uh, in uh, what was the other place in New York that we went to? Albany. Uh, Albany, New York. Um, same thing. Same concept. Socioeconomic, political corruption. Um, and then places like Seattle, San Francisco, drug, drugs, opioid epidemic, homelessness, cost of living, corruption, all of these things that were way bigger than this notion of gun violence, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it was it's really been eye opening because we're still currently in the process of doing that now. You know, I just got back from L.A. And um, <laughs> it was an adventure, huh? Man, I tell you, like it, we we were in the hoods. Of, the funny thing about LA is you don't realize how many hoods there are in LA. There's a lot of hoods, like a lot. And it was interesting talking to the people that I was talking to. Um, it's just it's just very eye opening, right? Just the dynamic there, and just how ingrained in the culture a lot of the stuff is. And then even with some of the people who are a lot older. You know, they'll tell you it's like what it is now is something totally different than what it was in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, sure there was a violence there in the beginning, but this is this is something different mm-hmm. than what we're seeing now. Um and so LA was definitely has definitely implanted me in many ways. Like it left an imprint in me. Yeah. Um and I've been to LA quite a bit, but this is the first time where I ventured off, you know, the uh the green path. I go to LA a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't venture off because <laughs> you're a smart man. That's yeah, why. I don't like, venture off. I mean, there was there was one moment. I mean, there was a full blown shootout on the street over from where we were filming. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it really put things into perspective. There was a couple times we were getting B roll in certain projects, and um, you know, my guys, you know, they they're phenomenal at what they do. The crew is amazing, and they're fearless, almost to the point of stupidity. <laughs> and so, <laughs> And there have been many times, you know, your bougie will tell you. <laughs> We've been in the car. We're like, where, where were we in the last time we were in L.A.? I was like, hey, look, man. We're not getting out of the car. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no. I worked with I worked yeah, I know. With Noir, I, mean, I was going to make a yeah. point of that because Bougie Sean, he worked with Noir for a while. And we, we, we ventured into neighborhoods, and I was driving. Yeah. And That's the one thing I will say that I miss. 
is I, I like him. I like having him as my driver. You ain't getting Most, him back. He's a, well, <laughs> I'm actually let, more worried let, about the other let, people let, on the road. Let, let, <laughs> you, should, you can have party foul. Yeah, let party foul drive for if, you. If a Chinese Good. guy can make it in. What is wrong with you? At the end of I'm packing, though, right? Maybe it's a problem Okay. Yeah. I can either confirm it or not. You better have one of those neck braces. You better have one of those neck pillows that they wear on the airplane because let me tell you, when Steve's driving, he's hard, hard on that brake. What's the requirement? And sure, a strange white dude's french fries. That's what we're doing tonight. We're going to have a Hennessy, both of us. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> but there are situations that we did go into, and Collins, I mean, it's you walk into it, and you're like, this is happening, and it's not just about gun violence. It's like, not. Seattle, we had we had nightmares it's in ridiculous. Seattle. Like, we walked down alleyways, and literally just, just needles, every every step wow. you took was a hyperdermic needle. And people right. are like, oh, that's fine. We just give out free needles. Like, literally, well, literally yeah. like, he's filming me. I'm having a conversation, a walk and talk. And I'm literally, you'll, if you watch the video, you can see my eyes darting to the ground every two seconds because yeah. I just didn't want to step on something I didn't want to step on. Well, we're at a point now where San Francisco has its uh, fecal maps where, you know what I mean? People yeah, I have, saw a lot of that. We're not to go yeah. because of the hypodermics, because of the, the, the fecal matter in the street where homeless people are. You know, and you go to, you go to places like Denver. You know, of course, the, the drug legalization and stuff like that yeah. kind of caused a mass migration there. And people came in there. I mean, they have these little boxes on a street where people, like little tiny tent mobile homes, plastic tents. Oh, people yeah. climb in and sleep in at night. And, and they're lining the streets. They're whole, they have their, their cities within cities. Yeah. Right? And it's and one thing I, I want to communicate is that this isn't me lambasting homeless people. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't a critique of the, of the homeless people in and of themselves. Right. It's, it's more so a critique of the way that the city is handling the issue. Yeah. Because it's 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 an issue that shouldn't exist the way that it does, right? And I I even said it in one in one of the talking points of videos. I I was like, I live in an area in Dallas that's pretty much down the street from a homeless shelter, mm -hmm. and walking down that is nowhere near as bad as just being regular downtown San mm -hmm. Francisco. That's a problem. Yeah, like that that something's wrong with that. And I can remember going right after the fall of communism. I was in Moscow. In uh, early 90s, and I can remember being in some sketchy places that I didn't want to be mm -hmm. in. And then I go into some of America's inner cities, and I'm there. And I've never been a guy who's walked in fear. I mm -hmm. just kind of go out. I mean, anybody that goes into deep into Philly wearing a cowboy hat, I mean, you just got to own it. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, so I've been in all these places. Again, like you said, yeah. that borders on the line of stupid. Yeah. That's me. I'll run where angels fear to tread. But, <laughs> I mean, I was, I've, I've had more scary experiences in America's inner cities than I have in I mean, you know, when I was, look, when I was in my early 20s, I used to go pick up this little blind lady who lived in the project there where I grew mm. up, and I'd take her to church on Sunday mornings, you know, and, and she'd get her, I'd have to get her a little wig adjusted because she was yeah. bald, you know, and I'd fix her up, Miss Allen, and I'd walk her out. She goes, is that my chat? She'd feel all over my face, and here I am, you know, it's cold, and I'm wearing an overcoat and stuff, looking like a G man walking in the project, you know, going to pick this lady up. And I, I mean, I just never thought about stuff yeah. like that, but now you go in a place and it's like, this is this is a... Not only a, an urban jungle per se, but in in some ways, it's a third world country within a first world. No, it's it's, it's insane. And I remember you did a video recently where you were talking with a guy on the street, and you said, "What's the solution?" The guy says, "Anarchy." You know. Let me tell you the hardest part of my job in this series. Sometimes. So my goal with this series is uh, is to 
present an objective image mm-hmm. of the issue, so to speak, right? Because it's biased from the standpoint that we are going to see what the problems are. Right. However, we want to have a multifaceted look at it from different perspectives. And then you run into some people sometimes and they say things and I have to, I have to measure my responses and, and keep my <laughs> facial expressions to a certain <laughs> demeanor. Yeah. Um, because some people say very kind of off-the-wall shit um, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. It sounds good in – it doesn't even sound good in theory in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> anarchy – like, I mean, this is anarchy. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. The government doesn't live here. Yeah. Like, and, and it doesn't. They allow – they enable it. They allow it to exist. Yeah, you're not paying property tax. Nah. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's kind of like the, the notion that, that – and, and I said in the video, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a romantic idea that we just – Burn it all down and start from the beginning, right? Um, this isn't a video game. I used to do that a lot, right? You know, yeah. building the civilization stuff and I start losing. I'll just burn everything down and start over again. <laughs> That's not how it works in real life. Right. And so hearing that, that whole anarchy thing, and I was like, yeah, it sounds cool. Anarchy. I was like, and the thing is, it's like, and the guy was really, he was really cool, really cool dude. Um, he was very adamant about what he did. and He was outspoken. He had, he had passion, yeah. yeah. Um, you wouldn't, he wouldn't last three days in anarchy. Yeah. He just no. wouldn't because I don't think people understand the reality. Like, you know what, even you what, know what it is. It, like, yeah, no exactly. What, it sounds good. It does. It's a three-syllable word. It sounds good. It, and it sounds like something that that's, that's a free-for-all and everybody go get their own and take care of themselves. Except for what what that really means and what it takes to actually have to do that in right. a world that is anarchy. Yeah, watch the purge. <laughs> watch the purge. See who gets Man. whacked first. No, people, I remember when I first <laughs> Not started. the people behind the gates. <laughs> exactly. Or, yeah. or visit a real third world country. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Like, I remember when I first started doing the YouTube stuff with the, in the gun world, you know, like, it, that was when, like, the zombie thing was really big. Mm-hmm. And there were these, like, delusions of grandeur with respect to having a zombie apocalypse. Like, wouldn't it be fun to have a zombie apocalypse? Hell no. No. My box is not, but maybe fun, like 30 seconds. <laughs> just and then you got to do the same shit over and over and over again. Then we're like, nah, I'm yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, you just want to shoot a 3D target. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, there's nothing fun about that. Like, yeah. not at all. Um, if the zombie apocalypse goes down. Now, Natalie, her husband and brother-in-law own DFW Gun Sports, and they're opening the Texas Gun Experience, which is an indoor range up in Grapevine. They're going to have like 200 machine guns. Mm-hmm. I'm coming right there, okay, if it happens. <laughs> we if it we goes all are. Down. I'm taking over Cabela's. Don't take over dicks. They ain't got no guns no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a whole team ready to launch on the Cabela's. The, the weird thing is, I didn't know a lot of my neighbors knew who I was. Yeah, because uh, I tend to, I tend to try to be. That's a weird. That's a weird when you find that out, yeah. though, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. I was surprised by the reaction, though. Really? Yeah, because I mean, where I live, it's a blue. It's blue. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when Beto was running here, I mean, we had Beto signs everywhere. Yeah. And one guy, he was like. That like they'll come to me, ask me advice, ask for my opinion on certain things, and yeah. like we're glad to have you in our neighborhood. Yeah, and I was like, I heard the black guy with all the guns in the neighborhood. So, so, you know, Chris <laughs> Kyle's, the late Chris Kyle's dad, uh, Wayne Kyle. I serve on their board with American Valor Foundation, mm-hmm. and and he came to my show that we did here in Grand Prairie, and he sent me a text message, and he said, Hey, are they wanding people coming in the door? We had like three thousand people coming in the door, and I said, Well. They got full-on metal detectors. I said, Wayne, he goes, well, I'm going back to my truck. I said, no, 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 Wayne. I said, come drive around back. I'll let you in the back door. And I was actually happy to know that somebody in that room on my side was packing because we get all kind of crazy stuff. But that is a weird feeling because, you know, we got 
you know, our neighbors across the street, they got weeds growing everywhere, hadn't taken care of their lawn and stuff. But by God, when Beto was running, they had 11 signs out there in the front yard. And I'm like, y'all hugging weeds and trees and everything else. Don't get me started on that. Don't even get me started on that thing. Here's what I want to know from you, though. Because people have their go-to responses whenever you bring something up. Like, for instance, you mentioned Chicago. Mm-hmm. And what are they going to say? They're going to say, well, all those guns are coming over from Indiana because they've got a lax gun law over there. And so they're just they're trafficking these guns. What we got to do is we got to fix the gun problem in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that argument with yeah, people who said those things? I usually respond with, yeah, because they don't have the same violence problem in Indiana. That's exactly right. Like it's, it's, People don't like to take the next logical thought process to its ultimate conclusion. That's it's exactly like, right. And then, you, know, you know what it is, though, is um, this this nature of just lack of accountability that that is, be, is being pretty much forced down the throats of everybody in this country. Um, nobody wants to take accountability or personal responsibility for anything. And so what happens is we always blame something else. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, well, we have all this violence in Chicago with these guns, and it's because the guns are getting in from Indiana. And I was like, well, no, if that were the case, Indiana would have the same level of violence, but they don't. Right. So the issue is your city. Yeah. What issues are going on in your city that are creating the circumstances that you have this type of violence? Because it's very concentrated. Mm-hmm. I love Chicago. I do too. In the summertime. It will cut you in half. It is the land of delayed flights. Trust me. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, in the summertime, I love it. I know I'm in O'Hare because as soon as you flush the toilet, it, it, the, the little plastic on the seat goes, <laughs> it rewraps it for you. <laughs> See, I hate that place. <laughs> but I do love Chicago. Yeah, I love it. I love Chicago. But, and you know, and it's a beautiful city. Yeah. Except in the hood. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't worried about violence while I was walking around Chicago. We, we, Trump, we were there. We had a good old time in Chicago when sure. we weren't filming. Yeah, sure. Right. You we remember did. that movie, uh, old Kurt Russell movie, Escape from New York? Mm-hmm. You remember when he they dropped? He so Snake Plissken. I, I know the movie. You know the movie. Little little movie history for you. He was in prison, and they pull him out because the the president's plane had gone down in New York, and this was the apocalyptic future. They built a wall. And all the crazies and the barbarians were in there, and he'd landed in there. And they were holding him captive, so they send Kurt Russell's character Snake Plissken in to rescue him and pull him back out, you know. And he's got this guy in there who's running. He's the Godfather, the Gang Lord. He's the he's the King of New York, a number one. You remember that? Mm-hmm. You remember that? So that's why I look at almost Chicago. Like mm-hmm. it's there's this line you don't cross. Oh, oh and we, it's very definitive. Yeah. Oh, you know the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you, you, you I've we, been through it. I know. I no, don't like it. We like. No. I remember we were in a car. And we, where were we at Hyde Park? Yeah. We're talking the next, like, it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And it was just like, boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, would a kid draw a line with a crayon and said, this is the line of demarcation? Like, yeah. it's insane. Imagine no line. Like, like, Do not cross. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. It this changed. Is, yeah, it changed it on instantly, us. man. It's scary. Yeah. And I'm like, this is deliberate. Yeah. I mean, we joke and we laugh about it, but it is that real thing. As a guy who spent a lot of time, 20 years of my life in third world countries, and I come in and I look at these inner cities and I'm like, wow, you're right. You don't have the same violence going on in Indiana. It is a culture thing. Mm -hmm. It is... It's it's you gotta you gotta fight to survive. It's it, I, we could list off every little cliche to make that what it is, but it is what it is. Yeah. And so I look at that. What is it when people come at you? Have you heard a an argument from that side who says the gun control side who says this is what we want to see happen? Have you heard a legitimate or valid argument from that side? 
Something that says, okay, that's a place we could make a concession. No. Um, I have <laughs> I have heard so my legal one of my legal mentors, mm-hmm. he's I mean he, he's he's a gun guy. He's actually the first person I went hunting with. Um he calls it the nuclear suitcase argument because he was like, if you're going to stand on principle, then you're going to have to accept the fact that you're arguing for people to have nuclear suitcase. And then that's where we start going at it. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but at that argument, if I hold true to the purity of the logic of the ideology and the principle, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, and so there's this notion of, okay, you know, well then what am I saying to myself? Am I saying that, okay, maybe, there are some concessions, right? So maybe there are some limitations, so to speak. But then I think also there's this false notion that people think that we gun people expect there to just be this un- unbridled access to all types of firearms. And we don't, you know, it's just a free-for-all. It's just like Oprah yeah. raining guns down on everyone. Hell yeah. And, um, Here's a gun. Here's a gun. <laughs> you get a gun. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but nobody ever stops to think. Well, no one's advocating uh, handing nuclear suitcases yeah. to, you know, rooms full of people that's not yeah exactly it's it's, it's kind of like we're you guys the what they don't acknowledge is and a lot of it's due to ignorance because they don't follow the discussion and the debate so they're the first time they ever hear about any gun laws when they're talking about assault weapon bans yeah so they think it's reasonable because that's the first i'm like dude like there are 300 federal gun laws in this country Mm -hmm. over twenty thousand on a state level We've been talking about gun laws. Yeah. Right. How, how do people and, – and, and, and finish that thought if, you, if you, there's more to finish, but – and I hate to interrupt you, but I don't want to forget no, this. What's the problem with the whole conversation about universal background checks? Okay. So my issue with universal background checks is, one, uh, just off the bat, they're not going to do anything. Right. Let's just start – we have to start with that premise. Like, they will literally not do anything because a criminal who wants to get a gun is already getting a gun illegally. It's just it just is what it is. Now, in order to have any level of enforcement, you have to have a registry attached to it. You just have to because it's kind of like if you had a gun on you and I need to find out whether or not you got a background check for that gun, there has to be a system that says this: you got a background check for this gun on this day. Mm-hmm. That that essentially is a registry, right? Right. And um, and you know some some people can make the argument. Well, that's what the whole FFL system we have now and the next background check system is now. Um, except, you know, it isn't, this is each individual dealer that has this information versus a national global registry of all the firearms in this country. Now, the question then becomes, so what's the problem with having a national gun registry? It seems innocuous, seems very, you know, innocent. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is, is that throughout history, time and time and time and time and time again, that registry, which that registry coupled with this universal background check has proven not to do anything. And so what the, what the government or the people in power will say is since that didn't work, we now need to confiscate guns or have volunteer or involuntary buybacks. Buybacks. And we right? know you have 32 guns in your house and we want every one of them. Exactly. Well, the thing about me was Christmas of 2017, I took all my guns out on a 14-foot John boat and I was cleaning them out there and the boat tipped over. It was cold, man. It was cold, but I, actually, I lost I'm every actually gun. working on a shirt. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I held on to one little 38 special, five bullets in it. That's all yeah. I got back. And But then people think the idea of confiscation, door-to-door confiscations would never happen here in this country, and it has already. It has happened. So you take the guy in Maryland mm-hmm. who was killed by law enforcement because his family reported that he was dangerous yep. carrying his own gun around, yep. and they, they wrestle the guy, and he winds up getting shot, shot. by the law officers. Exactly. I mean, that's the deal. The guy probably would have never killed himself, but thanks to law enforcement, he's dead. And, and even on a it, on, even on a, on a bigger scale, 
Yeah. After Katrina. After Katrina, that's right. They were going door to door. Literally, it was a full-blown confiscation. Yeah. No one ever wants to talk about that. Um, but then we're crazy tinfoil hat-wearing lunatics <laughs> because we talk about we don't want confiscation. Yeah. And, you know, it's happened. People have to think more critically. They yeah. really do. And that's the thing. It's one of the things I've always appreciated about you is you're a critical mm-hmm. thinker. You think through it. Our friend uh, Maj Tori, he's another critical thinker. He's a guy who says, look, you want to fix the inner cities? Give them guns. Mm-hmm. That way people can protect themselves. You know, you go through Chicago, you drive through there, and people, people are like, look, they know that's a gun-free zone. But the thing about it is is people look at the inner cities and think everyone there is engaged in some type of violent criminal right. lifestyle. When it's the actual opposite, you know that's not true. No, it's not. Exactly. The vast majority are just people who are on a lower economic and or lower economic level who have to live in these areas, mm-hmm. and they're good people. They're just hardworking, good people. They just don't make a lot of money. Yeah. And so what you have is you have these these free radicals, as I like to call them, um, these individuals. Even a lot of kids who are engaged. Let's say the kids that are selling drugs, mm-hmm. standing on the corner selling drugs. All those kids aren't killers, right? Those kids don't want to kill anybody. They're carrying a gun because they're trying to protect themselves, exactly. right? On a very fundamental level. But there are those. Who are the killers? Who are the shooters? I just did a podcast the uh, other day um, with two sh- uh, with two officers on the podcast, and I asked them. I was like, generally speaking, in the neighborhoods where you see the most violence, is it as pervasive throughout the community, or is there a, a small group committing the vast majority of the violence? And they, they were like, the latter. Like they usually know who the shooters are. They usually know the people who are most violent and more prone to be violent. Um, so this notion that the inner city is just filled with a bunch of killers. Yeah, is wrong. Um, it's not right. And so what you end up having is people trying to push policies that end up hurting the good people in those areas who need them the most. Who need them the most. I live I live downtown Dallas. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's some crazies. You know, it's a little weird down there sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm pretty sure. There's some, all kinds of weird, yeah. though. <laughs> Purple hair, pierced up. Got so many holes in your head, it whistles yeah. when the wind blows. Yeah, they got some crazy folks. They're not going to shoot anybody. They ain't going to shoot nobody, just like Florida and James. They ain't going to shoot nobody. It's good times. They just trying to make a living, and James died. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't shoot nobody. Dynamite wasn't going to shoot nobody. Oh, man. JJ. But no, yeah, like it's 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 nutty. But a single-parent mother in the inner city is probably going to need a gun more than I do. Yeah, you're right. I'm just going to be real about it. Well, and I appreciate that perspective because that's the real deal. People have the right to defend themselves. Look, I go one further. We we did a, we did a recent episode of Humor Me talking about marijuana and CBD and THC use. People have a right to be healthy. Look, that's my perspective mm-hmm. on things. You know, I, I'm a I'm a one of those guys who says, look, I ain't my thing of choice, but I, I can't really tell you to go do. It. But you know what? I have guys, I have friends of mine who want to argue the Second Amendment, where the commas placed, and who puts it here and there, and all this stuff, and. And I take them back. I'm like, okay, well-regulated militia and all that stuff. How do you respond to that stuff? I know how I do, but you're way more eloquent than so I am. So I can am. take it. You can take it. You can take it two ways. You can take it intellectually, and you can just take it just common sense, mm-hmm. right? I really don't care what the Second Amendment says. If I'm at home, somebody kicks me in my door. No one's going to be there. I need a means by which to protect myself. I don't give two shits if the Second Amendment even existed. Right. I need a means to protect myself because the structure in place right now cannot do it effectively enough for me to rely on. Yeah. And God forbid if I have not God forbid. Wow. Like, you know Lord I'm, willing. That's how you know I'm single with no kids. <laughs> I was like I was like, God forbid I have a kid. <laughs> Baby, I didn't mean shit. I didn't say none of that on 
on a podcast. They dub that in. <laughs> Ain't no baby. Uh-uh. <laughs> but uh, you know, and you add a kid, a kid to that mix with my or family. Oh my God, I'm not, I'm not entrusting the system in place now to protect my Christchurch massacre that happens over that 30 minute response time on the exactly. behalf of law enforcement. Exactly, and it's the same here. Yeah. An armed citizen. Yeah, and then on top of that. If you want to go to an intellectual route, okay, cool. Let's start arguing about commas and stuff, right? Yeah. Now, we understand that the entire purpose of the Second Amendment was to protect this country mm-hmm. from um, – <laughs> my mind just blanked out on me. The British. Uh, from, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the foreign or domestic, yeah. right? Well, it could domestic. be the British or it could be our own government, yeah, right? right. Um, and tyranny is what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too. Tyrannical government, foreign or domestic, right? Yeah. Um. All right. So we under if we understand that here on thirty from a thirty thousand foot view, right? Why would it make any sense for us to then say, all right, well, we need something. We have we have this amendment in place that's designed to protect us from foreign or domestic governments. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to take all of the means by which we can fight off a foreign or domestic government and give those to the very domestic government we might have to be fighting if right. they decide to become tyrannical. Logically, makes no sense yeah. at all. And then we can start talking about definitions where it was understood that well-functioning, that was the whole notion behind mm-hmm. the, 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 the militia aspect of it, right? And the militia was consistent of the people. That we just, we just fought a revolutionary war utilizing the people. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense yeah. um, how you could see it any other way. I have people all the time who say, yeah, but you can't fight the American. I mean, if the government wanted to wipe you out, they'd wipe you out. Well, tell that to those folks in Afghanistan because the Russians couldn't do it. And America hadn't been able to do it. You got these citizen soldiers, mercenaries all the way down to terrorists mm-hmm. that are, you know, they're holed up in these caves and you can't get them out of there. But, but here's the irony. The, the problem is you got to hear the, the inherent – that statement, that response actually disgusts me. Yeah. Because basically what you're saying is, well, we can't beat them, so let's just lay down and get rolled over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, Either way, you're conquered people. Exactly. Yeah. And and then think about it is, and, and you know, I've told people sometimes too, it's like it's not really about beating them. It's a it, it it's about making the cost of even trying to become tyrannical so high, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. If you have to if you have to nuke your entire population, what's the point of becoming a tyrannical government? Yeah. You yeah, now you you're mad max. You're, exactly. like, you're, 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 you're the leader of you nothing and now. Tina like, and Thunderdome. Like, like, you got the Tina Turner Thunderdome like, thing. This is you I don't know. mind that. Big fat flatulence. <laughs> but no, we think, ha- we hold these truths to be self-evident that, you know, man is created with certain inalienable rights. You know, life. Life. What does that mean? That means I get to protect exactly. the right to my life. And that's another thing people don't realize is, like, the Constitution doesn't give me anything. Yeah. It just it just lets you know what I already have the moment I stepped on, I stepped foot on the surface. Right. Because I yeah. can't hold up a copy of the Constitution yeah. if somebody kicks in my door in a home invasion and say, look, I got the right to life. I mean, they do. When they, I mean, they, a lot of people think you can, though. Yeah. 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 That's the sad thing. No, trust me. I got, uh, never mind. All my guns <laughs> fell in the lake. I'm trying to remember <laughs> what I had. I got a little 357. Shoots five little bullets. But one thing I've noticed, too, is just from my, my wife loves you, by the way. I'm so happy she ain't here today. <laughs> She's like, I love Colin Warren. I'm like, shut up, woman. Get back in that kitchen. <laughs> Get back in the kitchen. Shut up. She's like, oh my God, you're having him in there and I'm not there today. And I'm like, shut up, woman. I use the spray tan. <laughs> she said, that just made you sticky. <laughs> 
told you it doesn't work. Uh -oh. like it don't work. <laughs> it don't hey, work. Y'all leave Jade alone. She's not here to defend herself. Good. She can shoot, though. By God. You know, she can make a mean can, can of chili. My Lord. <laughs> can, can I ask your opinion on something? Um, we have three kids in school, uh, in our school system. I know how our district is handling if, a, if you know, if they went in a lockdown situation because of a shooter. It's funny because I told you I'm from Conroe and they're talking about guns in schools. And I'm like, man, I think I'm pretty sure when I was in high school, all of the, the boys I knew, they brought their guns. They just left them in the car because they went hunting afterward. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You we just you knew not to bring hours. it in. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, did not did my coaches not have guns on their hips on those co coaches shorts? I thought they like in my mind because I grew up in, <laughs> in Texas. The coaches shorts, those guns were in their pants. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Nobody. Them I re but I really. I, I, shorts. I thought, do they not already bring? So, it, you know, my mindset, and I have friends that live in Canada who can't even wrap their head around it. But I will tell you, if my child was in a, any of our children was in a situation where the only thing between that classroom and that shooter was a plywood door, I would pray that my teacher, that teacher had a chance to fight. Because at that point, and, and I, I, I listen, I have friends that do not agree with me that one teacher says, I don't want that responsibility. I'm like, well, I don't want to hit another student. I'm like, you're at war. Here's a, that's an interesting thing about that, the whole notion. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not a teacher. I'm, I'm not either. I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm going to begin to act like I know the entirety of the dynamic. Absolutely, the and the pressures that they exactly. have. Yeah. But if you would ask that same teacher, are you willing to die for your kids? Mm -hmm. I bet you she'd take on that responsibility. Yes. So why would you not take on the responsibility of fighting for them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's the thing that, that just seemed really odd to me. It's weird because like, people don't. It's like, yes, it's it's scary. It's terrifying. It's, the idea of having to pick up a gun and fight someone who's shooting at you. It's war. It's, yeah. It is a war. It's a war that you cannot avoid in some instances. And so when mm -hmm. it does arrive, you, you, you have two choices. You fight, and you still may die. But me personally, I'd rather fight than die than just to die. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just, I just, it, that's just why. Well, and she was scared about hitting a, a student in that moment, but I haven't seen any, it's, it's like fish on the shark. You don't really see a lot of kids hovering around the shooter <laughs> in that moment. They're going the other oh, way. So, you know, yeah. um, and it's, and the thing with about the proper it, training. But, the, but here's the thing though. What's the ultimate consequence? And I, I, I hate, yeah. I don't want to come across as, as crass, but the kids are getting shot anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like by you not having something there to stop them. The kids, all the kids get shot. We never had a single school shooting when I was growing up in our school, and every truck in the parking lot had a gun rack in it with guns in it. We we all did. There the wasn't same thing. road rage incidents. If there's gun racks, and I'm just yeah, saying, no, no. Steve it, tries just, to cause them these days, though. Trust me when I, I tell you. No, but the, the, but, here's, yeah. but I, I'm, just about saying, I'm just saying there because you know it, it, it keeps you in check. No, it really does. I I tell people this all the time. I've been in cars with friends before, and and they're not gun people. Yeah, And so because concealed carry, most people conceal carry mm -hmm. versus open, they don't realize how many people have guns. But That's because right. I'm so deep in it, I know how many people have guns. Right. So if I'm in a passenger seat and you engage in road rage, I'm like, chill. Stop. Yep. Chill. You're, you're like, you, you have no idea what that person has yeah. or is dealing with and then has the means in which to do something that you don't want to happen. Yeah. Like, it just stop. Because that's the society we live in. But in a weird way, it does. It, it checks people. It lets people know. You can't just treat anybody like anything because you, yeah, especially in Texas. Especially, I told my I told Chad a story. I had a dear friend Mark who they were at a convenience store, walked in just checking out. Kid pulled a knife out with him there, 
Mark was concealed, put the gun to the kid's head and said, I'd rethink this. And then the kid ran. It was gone. And the clerk said, do I need to call the police? And Mark said, I think we're good. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot. Yeah, and really people does. don't realize. Well, exactly. Hey, if we get a chance, tell Candace to throw this clip up there. But I want to bring it up. Did you see? I'm sure you saw the, the shot in Brazil with the off-duty police officer, the woman. And the guy pulls over on the side of the road and gets out and he's coming at her. Yes, yeah, I actually posted it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And she pulls out and shoots yeah. him and he's mm-hmm. dead on the scene. Yeah. I mean, there needs to be more of that. I agree. There needs she to be more quick. videos of that. Yeah, really. she was and I, quick. I try to make it a point to post as many of them as I can whenever I see them. Yeah. Just so that that reality sets in and lets people know. Because we tend to live in our own mental microcosms. And we don't think, you know. And it's not it's not to the fault of anyone else. I think if I hadn't given, gotten into what I got into as far as guns were concerned, I wouldn't know a lot of this stuff either. But we do tend to live in our own little microcosm and not realize that a lot of this stuff happens on a daily basis. I, yeah. like, I signed up for an app. Um, the ring door, the ring.com thing, right? I have a ring bell on my door. Yeah. And so I sign up for the app where we get alerts. I get alerts every three seconds People about a robbing. Up. Somebody got shot. Somebody got stabbed. I'm I like, know. and it's like in like a, a, a two mile radius of my house. I'm like, Jesus. I got the same thing, dude. And I get, and look, look, I live in a white neighborhood. <laughs> I, mean, oh, damn. I mean, we super white. I mean, I got attorneys. You no, gotta we, be we careful because if it's a white dude, they're gonna kill a bunch. We, we yeah. pretty, we're pretty diverse in our area, but I, let me tell you, I'm, I'm honest with you, I get that same stuff. And then, uh, then if you really want to add to it, just start <laughs> seeing how many sex offenders live in your neighborhood. Oh, start looking that crap true. up, and you're like, oh, oh man, man I, I am moving to Venezuela. Tarrant County <laughs> sends you a little postcard with their picture on it. I put them on the back of our front door because we got some in our neighborhood. You are messed up. <laughs> no, cuz I want to look I want I want them I want the girls, I want my wife, I want girls uh, to, to be know familiar. that somebody knocks on that door and they know what's right beside right behind that door laying on the shelf too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can all use it. Our house is a fun house. We got we got it's it's interesting. Uh a lot of those guns that don't exist anymore. <laughs> Are hidden all over the major parts of the <laughs> they, they are. Dude, all my guns are on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. I learned. I've learned to post just enough. Like I can live without this MPX nine. I don't need it. It jams anyway. If you don't keep that thing well oiled, it's going to jam up. So I don't care if they take that one. Have that thirty clip banana. I don't, 30, 30 round banana. I don't care. Thanks to Chad Prather, all the fish be packing <laughs> <laughs> underwater. All the people in Atlanta just have guns. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We just equal. Things out for Aquaman. <laughs> he ain't got to do that little whoa, 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 whoa thing anymore. Oh, he, he's shooting a nine, holding it sideways. This was Chad Prather's. This Chad Prather. I don't know why they got no serial number. <laughs> but no, man, it's true. You know, I mean, it's true. I grew, up, you know, and that's the thing. My AR-15s hadn't hurt anybody. They, but I, you know, I almost tend to err on the side of saying, give them an RPG. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, to be honest with you, I think we should have a lot of. I think we should too. I, I don't. I re- and look, I don't care who gets pissed off. Send all the hate mail to Steve at WatchChad.com. Listen, <laughs> I, I think we should have full autos as well. Mm-hmm. First of all, the misconception about a full auto machine gun is you think that it's like Scarface. It's the movies where the where the magazine never runs out. Just <laughs> to my no, you friend. get about you get about four seconds of sensation of that, and then it's time to reload. And now you got a callus on your thumb. It's literally you, like you need a bigger again. magazine, buddy. It's it's it's, it's literally like bad sex. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like virginity at 15. Oh. Yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> brrr, 
Oh, well, I just spent that that money. (laughs) I spent that money? That was your virginity? (laughs) (laughs) It's a fact, Boosh. It's a fact, man. The only difference between that and losing my virginity is I wasn't laying on a Clemson jacket when I did it. Out behind a U-Haul trailer in the woods. I'm celibate. Sorry. I was going to say, My he's single, man. so he hadn't had that experience yet. My man. God bless you. But, but no, it's, it's, you know, and I think a lot of the issues that we have, it's our media has spent so much time demonizing firearms instead of educating the population mm-hmm. that lives in a country that has over 300 million guns. Yeah. That I don't understand how we can, like, our population has so many guns, and I guarantee you, we have more people ignorant about guns in America mm-hmm. than we do in places where people are not allowed to own them. Right. Because our, we spend more time trying to demonize them instead of teaching people the responsible use of firearms mm-hmm. and understanding them. And so that's the biggest problem I see in America as it stands with respect to the gun issue. Two questions. I'll let you get out of here. Maybe three. Okay. Mm-hmm. First, okay, so the, the tragedy happens in Christchurch in New mm-hmm. Zealand. Within days, the prime minister comes out and says, we're getting rid of all assault style. So they're going to do that thing. Most people say that's a good thing. Like a lot of people on the left, Hollywood, all these folks, again, who make their money off of guns in their movies, they say that's a good thing. See, that's, that shows progress and they're getting something done. I see that as a bad thing. The fact that you can thing. that quick turn around and create legislation and just boom. I mean, how did you react when you saw that thing happen? What, you mean the actual shooting? Or no, the, no, no, no. The, 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 the just the legislation. I mean, all, it's all tragedy. It, we don't we yeah. don't sweep anything under the rug. All I mean, I, watched, I actually watched the video yeah. of the shooting, and yeah. I wish I hadn't. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that affected me. Um, and then the response to it affected me, too, because it was just like, just, it, it's like, if that doesn't demonstrate to you how important the checks and balance systems that we have in this country are, in terms of preserving our rights, like mm-hmm. the Constitution. They're only able to do that because New Zealand doesn't have a Constitution. Yeah. They don't have a Second Amendment right. So at any given moment, one of their leaders can decide, ban them. And you have no choice. You have none. But yet, we're touting that as the example for what we should be doing here in America. Yeah. Like, really? This is, yeah. this is what we're doing? I, I've, never seen, I've never seen such a country. And I'm about, I'm about to get real arrogant here. Come on. I've never seen where a country that is as awesome as we are be so willing to want to be like everyone else who I don't think is as awesome as we are. It's it's moronic. It's like, yeah, let's let's do exactly what they're doing over there, the place where I don't want to live, but let, they're yeah. doing that over there. So let's do what they're doing and mimic exactly how they live in the country that I may have even fought for or my, my parents have fought to get to or their their parents have fought to get to. And I'm like – why are we trying to be like countries we were trying not to be like? Yeah. At the very genesis of the country. Yeah. It, it, it amazes me. Yeah. Um, and then not only that, why are we comparing ourselves to a country that's no bigger than our biggest state? Yeah. Like, it, I, 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 no, that doesn't make any sense. It's like me saying, you know what? This is how I do things in my house. We're going to do that here in America. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to run the state like we run my neighborhood. Yeah, like. 
like I have like my house right now looks like a bomb exploded in it. Like you don't want me to run the country like that. Party at Noirs. Party at Noirs. You're just you know? not getting over the weekend. Like, well, not child safe at all. <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 to see them do that, it, it it actually kind of scared me a little bit because, yeah. and it wasn't so much them doing that that scared me as the response from our leaders in this country. Yeah. To that. It's it's almost like the Constitution didn't exist. Yeah. And they were championing it as if to say, this is exactly what we need to do over here. Just ban them. Forget the Constitution. Just ban them. Constitution's old. Who needs that? Yeah, like who yeah, like, we don't need yeah, that. Yeah. Time to update it. Yeah, let's fix it. Need a revision. AOC we need, new we need deal. a new Bible too. New deal. Yeah. <laughs> Green New Deal. Oh, that's we need new co- we need oh. updated cows. Uh yeah. It's crazy. It's a scary, scary thing. Uh, the response is, is scares me too. That and people's response to socialism. Whole other, whole other story. Last question: mm-hmm. uh, With the bump stock ban and all those things, mm-hmm. in light of those things, what's Trump's report card in your opinion on the Second Amendment? On the or Second at, Amendment, or at least, the, or at least the right. So, as far as his, so it has to be an A, largely because of what he's been able to do with respect to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and, and, and the appointments he's made, because. But for that, we would be in a very, very bad state. Yeah. And I mean very bad. Um, and so I, I, right now, notwithstanding the bumps, I think, which I did not agree with, mm-hmm. um, I'd have to give him an A. He'd have an A plus, but for the bump stock thing. Yep, I agree. I agree. I definitely don't agree with the bump stock thing. No. I don't have bump stocks. I don't use bump I don't, stocks. I never have. I have a friend that had 72,000 of them, and he shredded them. Yeah, our ago. friends at RW Arms, they were the number one patent holder. They were the only patent holder for bump stocks. 72,000 bump stocks shredded. Yeah. Uh, and I promise you, a bump stocks never made anyone a better shooter. Not no. when you, uh, I mean, you can use a rubber band or a belt loop and do yeah. the whole thing. I can't shoot anything with a bump stock. I can't hit nothing with a bump stock. No. I can shoot in the sky. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it goes where it's going to go. You know, I can get into the conversation. I've had conversations in private. Um, I, I, I hesitate to have it in public just because it can get very morbid very fast Yeah, about the utility of, of the shooter in Vegas using a bump stock versus if he hadn't um, and his effectiveness. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. But was Vegas one guy? Oh, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not really much of a conspiracy theorist. Um, and I don't know why I'm not. However, I do look at reality for what it is and mm-hmm. say, huh. So I guess that's, 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 mm-hmm. if I go, huh. That's how you know I'm entering the mode of conspiracy theory, so yeah. to speak. That because, was a hard one for me. Yeah, because conspiracy theory doesn't necessarily mean that it's not true, right? You know, you know we've kind of like given the, the, the title of conspiracy theory to be just crazy. Like, okay, yeah. well, whoa, 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 conspiracy theory. And it's kind of throwaway. Um, but there are a lot of things that don't add up. And then I, I find it odd how everything just kind of went quiet. I was going to yeah. say, have we seen a full report on what happened? Yeah, very Their crazy. theory, or I mean, there'd be some guns melting down. The most lethal, the most, the most one person, the most lethal. And that's another thing I will, I will get into this aspect of it. I talk to people all the time when it comes to mass shootings. When people talk about the lethality of an AR-15, yes, I want an AR-15 because it does a better job at defending me than a handgun does. However, the lethality of the AR-15 is exceedingly exaggerated. To the to, from the standpoint of. The reason why there's such a high body count in a lot of these shootings where there's an AR-15 is not because of the AR-15, but the circumstance in which the shooting took place. Mm-hmm. If you perch somebody up on a building the way he was, and you're literally just shooting into a barrel of fish, yeah, right, you're going to have a high body count. But yet the second highest 
death toll we've had in this country with respect to at least school shootings. Well, the, school, from a school shooting standpoint, the highest death we have was Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And um, he Those used handguns. Hand yeah. All handguns. Um, and it wasn't the handguns. It was the fact that he was able to chain the doors, seclude everybody in the room, and just pretty much. Execution style. Exactly. Yeah. And, and people don't well, like the that. The two, two, three, and the five, five, six. Ideally, are not identif- They're not created to be a lethal round as yes. as they are. But you're right. It's the perspective and the and the situation yep. that they find themselves in. Yeah. And uh, but I do also think, for, as gun people, we we might want to err on the side of not trying to minimize the lethality of the AR-15 as well, because that's true. And this is the lawyer in me coming out because then it goes. Then, then so then why do you need them? Yeah. Why even bother having them? Right? Yeah. Um, and then lawyer. we can make. Ooh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Past life. Yeah, I know. Because he's black, you can't have black lawyer. <laughs> what the, Natalie? I am disappointed in what you. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> here I am. Here I am, hiding in my chair, just hanging out, hanging out, just over here, just apologizing for party. I don't even apologize anymore, Natalie. I said lawyer. Yeah, that's what you said was lawyer. I don't know how it got to black. <laughs> now, you said it with questions. Stop projecting. Colin Noir is an attorney. Lawyer? He's an attorney. He just doesn't like lawyers. <laughs> the man is an attorney. <laughs> People hey, don't I like. always need a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah, but nobody ever likes him. Yeah. I do when I need him. I do. All right, this is me finishing out the podcast. As, as, as demure and obscure an as I can be. Where can people find you? You're all over the place. Man, I am a social media whore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all over the place. I am on Instagram at Coley on Noir. I am on Twitter at Mr. Coley on Noir. I am on Facebook at Coley on Noir. Um, I have a website called Mr. Man, I'm a narcissist. Jesus. I know. Um, <laughs> all of mine are watch Chad. That ought to tell you something. Well, you ain't even my no, name. You're a borderline personality disorder, clinical yeah. narcissist. <laughs> I think you should have a fragrance. It's like Coley on Noir. You know, somebody beat me to Ooh, that's a good idea. Oh. It well, should no, smell like gun oil. Actually, y'all, the coin. Yeah. Yeah, coin. Now, is it? It should smell like a mixture of homelessness and gun oil. <laughs> Wait, is that because I'm black? <laughs> it's a black bottle. <laughs> well, no, I actually, I, I yeah. think right now Just as it a stands. a big black bottle. Big... Oh! Hey, Silent Herbert. Still silent. He's still silent. <laughs> I think it's, is it weird that I have probably... Three or four bottles of cologne that literally have the, the name Noir. Noir, in them. yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it's on a subconscious level. It's there. Yeah, yeah I mean, if I had that a name like expensive. that, I got to get one of those hats too. I keep saying I got to get a. I get squared. I got to get a hat. I get, I get everybody squared away. My man. Yeah. Oh, everybody! Did you hear that? Mark that. I like that. Oh, Steve, away. That trust me. When it comes to free up. shit, like Steve's it. a socialist. I love. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that. I promise you that, man. It's been a pleasure. You're oh, always blessed. welcome here. Yes, sir. I, I love. I love you. We've been we've been trying to get you on the Humor Me show as well, and uh, we'll go to the range or something, and shoot okay. some stuff, blow some stuff. Tell you what we'll do. We'll go down to we'll go down to the Kyle Range. We'll shoot uh, Lapua three thirty eight, a mile, five hundred to a mile. I'm up for that. Yeah, we'll go down there, and shoot some Tannerite and stuff. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Appreciate your voice. Me. Praying for you. It's been always Thanks, supporting man. you. Need it. Follow me back on Twitter. Damn it. Wait, I and, didn't. I didn't. I, I don't follow you on Twitter. No, that's just crazy. But that's okay. It's okay. I'm a white dude in a cowboy hat. I'm a crazy white heterosexual Christian cisgender male that identifies as he and they. So don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. It's Watch Chad, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, for Puppet Master Mark and Bougie Sean sitting over here, and of course, over in the peanut gallery, Party Foul Steve, always with the effervescent foot-in-the-mouth disease and and the ever-lovely. I will say this, though. Mm-hmm. You, you have a check mark. I don't. So, yeah. See, that's messed up. It's because you're black, and it's because you <laughs> like guns. 
<laughs> That's like, messed up. Man. I thought you do the, the spray tan. Only, only in the middle. Oh. Only spray tan in the middle. So that's your workaround. So that's how you got I your... See, okay. I don't think that we All even right. talked about that on the show. See, the, what we're referencing is, is my, first of all, my wife has a huge crush on Noir, and she loves him. And and we were talking about everything that's black is bigger oh my and better. And so I bought... Uh, spray tan and just sprayed myself all down. It just diminished. It did do a damn thing. It just, <laughs> it, works. it just got real freaky, like a black toadstool oh, trying to shit. survive in high weeds, <laughs> like a black button in a fur coat, man. But anyway, I want to encourage everybody follow follow my buddy Colin Noir and uh, be educated. Be educated. Be smart. And I tell you, this is the guy who can help you get there. I promise you. The debate is out there. The debate is worth having, and the debate can be won. So I encourage Absolutely. you to educate yourself. Follow him on everything he does and check it out go to nra tv you get all of him so for blaze tv thank you for watching i encourage you to go where podcasts are offered you can get them everywhere apple Podcasts, android google oh my gosh stitcher soundcloud all the places but go to blaze tv.com slash chad and use promo code chad just buy the whole annual subscription you get humor me and you get the full episodes of that which is fun and you get fun fun guests like our buddy mosh uh, Touré that i just mentioned a little while ago you know, our video talking about guns in inner cities just hit a million on on uh, social media. So that's it's a good it's a good intriguing conversation. It a good conversation. Yeah, it's a good stuff, man. It's, it's real show. talk. It's a good show. Just real talk. Sign up. And uh, we're consistently in the top 100 of podcasts all across the world, and we want to be just it just tells us people are listening. So go where they are offered. Subscribe. Get your notifications. You can also watch us on YouTube. I love y'all. God bless from Studio 22. We'll see you next time. Bye. 